This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Nancy Reagan was also the throat goat of Hollywood. I don't know if anyone's familiar <laughs> with that history, but it's, but it's pretty well established that, um, you know, the woman... The woman gave great head. <laughs> Do you think Reagan called her the throat goat too? Like Ronald called Nancy the throat goat? That would be nice. I don't know if that term was around in the 80s. Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. Hot indictment summer continues. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. In I'm Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, Pam. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> Reporting live from Georgia, where the indictment right. came down Monday night. You want to give everybody a brief recap? We're all very excited that this is happening in oh your home gosh. state, and so far it doesn't seem to be on fire yet. Yeah, thus far. I mean, doesn't that kind of speak to the level of support that Trump has at this point, that he's not sort of inspiring another January 6th in response to this being his fourth indictment, <laughs> especially in a state that up until very recently and in, you know, depending on where you go, aka like outside of Columbus, Savannah or Atlanta, is still very much Trump country, that people are not inspired to come out and protest in mm-hmm. any um you know, meaningful sense on his behalf. Um, So we're looking at a very lengthy fourth indictment here involving Trump and 18 co-conspirators. Some of the big names on that co-conspirator list are none other than Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, Sidney Powell, and a slew of other attorneys that he's worked with. Um, I personally have not had a chance to review this fucking thing yet because you know, uh, work during the day kind of took priority over me being able to pour over this document, but I am going to at some point. I think the most notable thing that has come out about this is that Trump and his co-conspirators have all been charged with violating Georgia's Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, otherwise known as RICO. Um, A federal version of that law was originally designated to prosecute mob bosses who were leading complex criminal enterprises. Georgia's version, which is one of the most expansive in the country, allows prosecutors to weave together several alleged crimes. In this case, conspiracy to defraud the state, false statements and writings, impersonating a public officer, forgery, computer theft, and dozens of others into one charge that carries up to 20 years in prison. And the reason that particular charge is a big deal is because that cannot be um, sort of pleaded out. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I saw, yeah, so a, a president couldn't pardon himself for that. No. So if Trump were to win the election in 2024, he couldn't wash that one away. 
No. And the other fun thing about this, too, is even Georgia's governor could not pardon this. Um, This is kind of a a murky area when it comes to some of the other state level charges, because theoretically, you could say that um, governors of those states could be pressured into pardoning the, you know, um, president elect. But the Georgia governor cannot. And the reason for that is because Way back when, I don't even remember the year, but I remember learning about this. Uh, a Georgia governor actually offered a pardon to a former Klansman. And when I say former, it's like air quotes former um, because he was still very much a present Klansman. And as a result of that, Georgia ended up amending its state constitution to prevent the governor from being able to offer pardons. Yikes. <laughs> that would be, you know, really dicey for someone like Trump. I mean, especially in a state where, yes, our governor is a Republican, but Brian Kemp is no Trump Republican. He's one of the Republican governors who really kind of put himself in the crosshairs with Trump, um, as did, you know, his Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who was the person that Trump got on the phone a couple years ago and was saying things like, I just need you to find me 11,000 more votes so that I can win this thing. Um, This is only scratching the surface. And I'm so excited to see what comes next. Um, (laughs) The the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, is like such a bad bitch, first of all. She was talking about this today and being asked about, um, or excuse me, last night, she did like a really late press conference. Yeah, um, I was, was watching live I, with I a glass of whiskey. Live. I know you like were. like 9.30 or 9 o'clock. It was late. Poured myself an indictment glass of whiskey. Oh, I know. You were you were texting me pictures. <laughs> I was right there with you. But it was funny because at the end of it, she was like, okay, I'm going to bed now. But um, during that, she was asked, you know, you're the fourth state to issue an indictment, does that mean you're going to be the last to try? Do you want to be the first to try? And she was like, I don't really care what order we do it in. Mm -hmm. I just want to do my sovereign duty to my state. And she added, though, that she was going to be submitting a recommendation that a trial happen within six months. So we'll see. Ultimately, that's up to the judge. Um, The judge, who, by the way, is a Kemp-appointed judge. And again, Kemp, no fan of Donald Trump. She also said she wanted to try them all at the same time. So if you combine that with a six-month time frame, from what I was hearing, it seems very unrealistic with all the charges, too. It's like over 90 charges. So I, I, I admire the ambition, but we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, we understand he will probably have to do a mugshot this time. It, there's been more camera action happening in the courthouse than uh, previously for these other indictments. So maybe we're going to get live cameras when he turns himself in uh, later this week or next week. So I, this one's going to be a, it's going to be it's going to be a lot more out Fanfare. in public, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't play down here, which would be great for us. We don't play down here. <laughs> Try that shit in a small town, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Boom. I just picture like the indictment coming out last night and Laura like whispering to Mark, like, draw the blinds, turn the lights off. (laughs) And you're like, like going into like a bunker mode to like make sure nobody like starts rioting outside. Because like, you know. You, you never know. You yeah. never know down there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, fortunately, we are we are inside the Atlanta perimeter. So I think that we would be uh, sheltered from some of that. But again, and Mark tucks Laura in and like starts reading the indictment to her. Page one <laughs> list of co-conspirators. <laughs> Bedtime stories with Mark and Laura <laughs> indictment edition. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good. It's super gratifying to see this finally come to fruition because there has been so much drama around it. I mean, even last night when the former lieutenant governor of Georgia was testifying, Trump was basically like pulling the mob boss move and saying he shouldn't testify. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. Trump is basically out here trying to witness intimidate. It's like, (laughs) that's a really, 
nice uh, testimony you got there. It'd be shame if something happened to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's, Just so let him I keep digging it's... his own grave. You know, I it's know. getting exactly. deeper and deeper. Exactly. And I think that's part of his strategy, like just create so much mess. He's he's able to just then blame it all on other right. people, you know, Didn't create as much like, chaos as possible. So it's hard to pay attention. Triple dog dare New think. York to arrest him. So like, yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. And it's funny to me, like, okay, with the first indictment in New York, he was like, oh, those liberals in New York. With Georgia, you really can't argue that. This has mm-hmm. been a reliably red state for some time. And they conveniently conveniently uh, leave that part out when they're talking about how Georgia, you know, a bunch of liberals and Biden and Obama and pointees are, are behind all of this. So, yeah, I mean, I will say it, it's coming out of Fulton County, which is historically a very blue county. I mean, that's where Atlanta is and mm-hmm. covers much of metro Atlanta. So I would point that out. But still, you're Fair. right. Overall, as a state, we are more of a purple state at this point in time. I wouldn't call us solid red anymore. But um, yeah, you definitely can't make the same kind of claims that you would make about a state like New York. And you certainly can't make them about fucking Florida, where he's also been indicted. So (laughs) right. Yeah, well, that's a federal one, but I see what you mean. Liza, who is listening live right now, says, not going to lie, I would listen to Laura or Mark reading the indictments. We should just do like a commentary track. Oh, that would be fun. Or you could use that that age filter on TikTok and pretend like you're 30 years in the future. Gather around, children. (laughs) I know. If only I wasn't triggered by that filter. That's true. (laughs) Uh, well, I will be flying across the country tonight on a red eye. And I actually said to Laura last night, wouldn't it be appropriate if I decided to read the indictment while flying across this great nation? It just it just feels right. And I'll sit there like Trump does in these leaked um, messages and I'll just yell, bring me a Coke, please. As I Diet continue Coke. to read the indictment. Diet Coke. If you if you want to oh, be. Diet Coke. Yeah. If you want it to be canon, it has to be Diet Coke. okay bring in diet cokes please i've been meaning to grab that sound effect um i do have one that i'll play right now this is actually a clip of me in the future reading the indictment tonight (laughs) sir are you okay do we need to land this plane yeah no no i'm fine more more diet cokes please That was from a recent event. I don't I can't remember the context, but that's a real clip of Trump basically (laughs) orgasming. (laughs) That's horrible. I don't (laughs) I don't I don't know if there's enough bleach in the world for me to wash my ears with after that. You can't unhear it now. I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Night ruined. So we'll see what happens there. We're going to do a bit of a mailbag episode today. We've got some confessionals and a couple other emails. And then in After Dark today, we're going to do a discussion about TMZ. We have a few items we want to hit on in regards to how they cover breaking news. Before we get to the emails, exciting news for Spotify users who support us on Patreon. You can now connect your Patreon to your Spotify app to receive After Dark, hashing it out, and any other audio content that we post right within Spotify. So this has been a feature that's long been missing from Spotify, and we're really excited about it. And they actually worked with Patreon to make this happen. They did a real official direct integration, which is super cool. No other podcast apps have done that yet. We can't do the show without your support. So we would really appreciate if you did pledge at patreon.com slash millennial. Uh, we've been doing some great After Darks recently. Last week, we discussed our life path numbers. Excuse me, life path numbers. You know what I found out, Lauren Pam, after that? Pat is number three, and it told us that one and three are most compatible. I was like, oh my oh, gosh, it's meant to be. So I think adorable. there's something to the life path numbers. Maybe. I'm going to have to get Mark to do his. Pat actually yeah. messaged me. After he listened and told me that he's also a three. And I was like, oh, winning. <laughs> oh, I hope Mark's a one then. That would be I fun. I know. I hope so. <laughs> 
So no matter how you support us, we really appreciate it, whether it's through supporting the show on Patreon, Apple Podcasts, through that sweet new Spotify integration, telling a friend about the show, reviewing the show, continuing to listen, anything you can do, we really appreciate your support. So now let's get to some emails. Pam, do you want to take the first one? Kind of a straightforward one to get us started. Yeah, this one's from Elsa, who says, Hey, guys, thanks to you, I've started using chat GPT to write cover letters. Here in Mexico, it's not that common, and I have always suffered with that requirement. But thanks to your chat GPT reviews over the year, I used it. Who knows if it will get me the interview, but at least I got a better cover letter than I had I had ever written in my life. Let's see if I can get an interview at Google. <laughs> Hey, good luck. And you know, know. What? like we talked about here on the show a few weeks ago, ChatGPT can be really good for getting yourself a template, right? So you ask it to put together a cover letter for you that includes some certain criteria. And then from there, you can kind of edit it and make it more your own. I don't see a problem. Mm-mm. No. And if you maybe you have an issue with just writing a good cover letter or anything else, like this helps you just structure a nice letter or message try i think we touched on this a while ago if you need help just conveying something it can be helpful in that regard it's not perfect but it'll definitely get you started all right well next email is from bruce this concerns ronald reagan um an interesting nuance related to the last episode about the screen actors guild strike is that ronald reagan was president of sag for many years in fact he led the 1960 strike which was the last time both the sag and writers guild of america were on strike together bruce had chat gpt didn't tell you that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? I mean, looking at, you know, other Republican presidents, Nixon founded the EPA, right? So like every everybody has something. Um, but yeah, I think it is a little known piece of history that Ronald Reagan was, you know, before going into politics, he was in Hollywood. And, you know, Nancy Reagan was also the throat goat of Hollywood. I don't know if anyone's familiar <laughs> with that history, but it's... Uh. <laughs> but it's pretty well established that um you know the woman the woman gave great head you know and there's nothing wrong with that it's just fucking annoying of course not. fucking annoying that people are such hypocrites about that kind of shit that you do that and then you turn around and you put on this pious holier than thou bullshit and you know yeah. you get into bed with people who want to try and legislate that way mm-hmm. so mm-hmm fucking annoying do you think reagan called her the throat goat too like ronald called nancy the throat goat that would be nice (laughs) i don't know if that term was around in the 80s you know i've been told i'm really good at head and yet i've never been called the throat goat something to aspire Mm. to yeah Yeah, i know i guess i'm not that good i I aspire to be nancy (laughs) hope my mom's listening to this episode Uh, Bruce also said, love the show. Thanks for the fun conversations each week. And Pam, we have a little writer strike update too, right? Yeah, just very briefly for anybody that's keeping up or wants to be updated on news. um, There is a little bit of news with regards to the Writers Guild strike. They actually restarted negotiations with the AMPTP, which is the, um, that's the studio rep. So they started talks again this past Friday, and there's a new offer on the table, and they're set to respond sometime this week. So keep your ears open for that, and we'll update you on any major developments, too, on the show since we've kind of been covering it here and there. Laura, do you want to read the next one? Yes, our next one is a confessional. Uh, It says, hi, guys. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate both Millennial and MuggleCast. Started listening to you when COVID hit, and you truly feel like my friends with whom I check in every week. Even though you don't know me, go parasocial relationships. Yeah. Maybe you can also help me out with an issue I've been having, namely, ever since my favorite coworker left last year, our team member, let's call her Chrissy, has been trying to take the vacant space in my life. There are times when we get along nicely, but at times she feels a little too comfortable in my presence. She's not the person I'd discuss BJ's with, for example. Yes, she brought up the topic. 
at work. (laughs) My wedding is coming up in August, and she has not so subtly hinted that she had expected an invite. Even if I did issue a late invite for her, meaning work around the entire menu as she'd be the only vegan there, I know her boyfriend, who is also an ex-coworker, and most certainly don't want him there. Invite or not, things are awkward at work. How do I navigate this? Anyone? And then they add all love, all the love from Estonia, 10 cookie points if you know where that is. That it's Eastern Europe, right? I thought so. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I mean, I I'll be honest, I couldn't point to it on a globe. It's a on it's a, a map, tiny country. I kind of roughly know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's a small country. Yeah, I, I, I mean You know it's in Europe. Yeah. Maybe we can have five cookie points. <laughs> right. We're like, okay, we know we know that it it's on the European continent. Yeah. I think, uh, and also very cool. We have a listener in Estonia. That's mm-hmm. that's great. We focus a lot on the American listeners and Australian and those in England itself. But um, yeah, thank you for submitting this. Um, I, the, the emails are tying together nicely. The topics today. There's a mention here of BJ's, and we we're just talking about throat goats. It's I it's know. wonderful. There's a beautiful thread throughout <laughs> the entire. Beautiful. Show. Let's work throat goat into every email for the rest of the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this seems real awkward, though. I've definitely been here in the past of having a coworker who was inappropriate at work. And I mean, obviously, I do this show, right? So like, I can be inappropriate, but you have to know where to draw a line, right? And you don't do that shit at work. You don't shit where you eat. Mm-hmm. Like, on one hand, I feel bad for Chrissy. Because she seems like she wants to have a friend in the confessional writer. But on the other hand, like there's definitely limits to that. And maybe Chrissy's just not picking up what confessional writer is putting down. And thus the pestering continues. The wedding thing is especially bad. Like you should never be like, oh, why didn't I get invited? Even a remote hint of that is bad. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, taste. that sounds really. Like, um, like she's trying to guilt trip you almost into an invite, which is not yeah. cool. Yeah, it's tough too because, like, you can pr- you can tell, like, or we can probably assume that Chrissy has been wanting to be this person's friend for a while because that you know slipping in after your work bestie left. I just feel like she saw an opening and decided to take it, but you shouldn't feel uncomfortable as a result. Um, no. I think that like I sometimes like you you can um inadvertently tell people that you don't want to spend as much time with them so like maybe don't say yes all the time if she like wants to go to lunch together or if she comes up to try and chat just say like oh I'm so sorry I'm like I'm really busy right now like maybe later and you might be able to like wean this person off of you that way I know that it's really um, awkward and um, like you don't always feel great when you do that but I think that you need to also like protect your own boundaries too and it sounds like she's not taking your boundaries into consideration either and if something yeah. like BJ's comes up I think that's when you just really got to put your foot down which is hard mm-hmm. but if you if you're just like I'm I'm really not comfortable talking about that yeah at work or outside of work like yeah I don't know what sort of like employment law looks like in Estonia but I feel like here if somebody was sort of bringing up these unsolicited conversations about BJ's at work that could be like a sexual harassment complaint yeah easily um so if it keeps happening and you're uncomfortable with it I would talk to somebody if if you feel like you have the workplace protections to be doing so And then I think when it comes to the wedding, you should find a way to be straight up with her just so that you don't have to continue fielding these passive aggressive, uh, you know, self invitations. And maybe it could just be as simple as saying, look, there are, you know, plenty of people who I would have liked to invite that I couldn't invite because 
there's a limit on, you know, the budget and how many people could come. We're keeping it small or whatever you have to say to make her understand that she's not in the top tier of people in your life that you would want to come to this wedding. So this next confessional came with the subject line, am I awful? And this person writes, my four-year-old boy, his preference, and we have read lots of inclusive books on identity, and he's currently really sure he's a boy, sometimes wears dresses and wears nightgowns extremely often. I'm packing for Arkansas vacation with my extremely, extremely conservative family, and I'm not packing either. He wears dresses only two or three days a month, so I don't feel like that is a big deal, but I do feel guilty about the nightgowns. He almost always wears them first when they are clean. I'm going there to see my grandmother and let my kids meet their 99-year-old great-great-grandmother. My grandmother wants a five-generation picture, and I love her. Plus, my husband has never been to Arkansas, and he's happy to spend a vacation there. The Arkansas part of my family is major Trumpers, even still, and I don't mind challenging them when I need to, but I don't want my wonderful, happy boy to be in the line of fire. It's okay, right? He probably won't even realize it, honestly, because he does wear pant PJs pretty often, but I'll know what I did. That's really tough Mm because on the one hand, I understand why you feel bad about it. On the other hand, you're trying to protect your child. Yeah. And this probably seems like the safest way to protect the kid. Once you get there, you I mean, this person said he probably won't even realize it because he does wear pant PJs. But if he does bring it up, you can just say, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I meant to pack it. That's what I was I thinking too. I'll make it up to you. I'll buy you something new when we're back to to make up for it. Because mm-hmm. what's the alternative? He's asking for it at the, you know, you you mentioned on the car ride. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Then when you're there, he's not thinking about it. You've already cleared the air. And then you avoid the issue with the great grandmother. And yeah. I, I think your concerns are very valid. I can definitely see a, a grandparent or a great grandparent parent making a comment and potentially traumatizing the child. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. I think that like, it's probably too late for you to do this now because I don't know when you sent this email, but at some point, if you go back, you could also like make it a fun thing. So like piggybacking off of what Andrew said, buying your kid something, you could say like, let's all go buy some special PJs for this really fun trip we're going to take as a family. And then you steer the kid towards um, PJs. Maybe you could buy like a matching set for you and for him so that it feels special to your little boy. I think that there's ways to kind of do this um, where it it doesn't feel like you're stifling um, his identity, but you're also not feeling so guilty about it. Yeah. I would say the only thing to keep in mind, and I'm sure it's something that you're well aware of and thinking about, is that just because you don't pack the dress and just because you don't pack the nightgown doesn't mean that it won't come up. Um, Because if it's so normalized in your house and, you know, he's pretty young, I I don't see it being that out of character for a child to be like, oh, I wish I could have brought my nightgown or something like that. So just because you don't bring it doesn't mean that it doesn't come up. And I think it's just really important to be prepared for that possibility and prepared to stand by your child if it does, you know, and, and also be prepared for, you know, as your kid gets older you know, this, it may continue. There may be, you know, other things that he decides that he's into that are not, you know, strictly gender conforming. And, you know, as he discovers who he is and, you know, forms his own opinions, he may not be as willing to put those parts of himself away around family. So I just, I think it's important to be aware of that. Um, And it's, it's not, it doesn't come from a place of judgment. I I don't have kids, so I cannot even imagine what it's like to be in the position that you're in. Um, I just think as long as you, you kind of 
make your due north standing by your son's side, I think you'll be in good shape. It just yeah. isn't always going to be easy. Are. Right. And I mean, that's parenting, right? You yeah. Sometimes you got to make stuff up to your kids to guide them through the safest path, so to mm-hmm. speak. It, yeah. it happens. You got to make stuff up. TV's yeah. not working. I don't, you know, there's all, there's a host of things you have to make up sometimes. Where'd our sweet dog go? Oh, he went and uh, went to sleep on the farm forever. Oh, Maybe you'll see him again. Oh <laughs> you know, God. you gotta lie don't, sometimes. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say no, no. that. What? Sometimes you have to say that to a oh child. Yeah. Four is still like so young, but I, I do think Laura's right that like, you know, by six, eight, I think that th- there are ways and he'll figure it out. You know, it sounds like you're a really yeah. good parent. So, um, you know, like there's ways to kind of like explain to your kid that like, and I get it. It's like, it's ugly because you don't want them to like, you don't want to like shatter their view of the world because the view of the world is so beautiful when you're young and there's no issues. But at by that age, he'll be going to school probably full time. Kids are mean. So you just say, you know, like anything you want to do is okay with me. But like, you have to understand that like, not everybody is nice. And that's, that's too bad. Of course, you can also look out for like support groups, whether it's uh, a parent support group or a support group for your child. I guess we should also note here that um, this is not therapy. And if you or any other confessional writers are seeking the advice of a licensed therapist, we highly recommend checking out uh, Talkspace or BetterHelp. Is good places to get started. Okay, so this next confessional comes from somebody who says, I did a boudoir photo shoot today. Ooh, fun. I, 31 female, decided a long time ago that I wanted to do something like this for my fiance when we got married, so it's a total secret from him. I told him I was doing a second makeup trial for the wedding and then having lunch with a friend. The shoot was a lot of fun. And from the previews, the photographer showed me on the camera. The photos are going to be stunning. It was also absolutely terrifying as I've never so much as sent anyone, not even my fiance, a nude photo before this. And there are a handful of photos where my breasts are fully exposed, which is what I wanted. My heart was absolutely pounding the entire time. All of this said, I feel bad for lying to my fiance. I know he'll understand once I give him the photos on our wedding night, but I'm going to have to sneak around at least two more times to view and pick up the photos. The photographer lives about 45 minutes away from me. Not looking for any advice necessarily, but mostly wanted to shout, I did the thing into a void somewhere. Good for you. And we encourage yelling into the void in our confessional. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is incredible. It sounds like it was such an empowering experience for you. And I don't think you need to feel bad about lying to your fiance. I don't really think this counts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't think this counts as lying. It's very much in the same vein as keeping a secret around Christmas or a birthday. Yeah, to kind of lead somebody off the scent of what you're getting them. Yeah, or like to go shopping without them so you could get them that perfect yeah. gift. I guess it's the nudity angle that that's really you know bothering this person, which is understandable. You think so? But I also love. Well, I think so because I didn't think that. there I didn't are get that a handful vibe. of photos where my breasts are fully exposed, which is what I wanted. My heart was absolutely pounding the entire time. That's that's what uh, they said. I, yeah, I, I just didn't, maybe not. I just didn't correlate like the nudity to like the lying, but because like it was tasteful and her decision and she knows that yeah. it's like that person was a professional. It's not like she was mm-hmm. getting her titties out for like some rando, you know? Right. You weren't at the strip club lighting your titties on fire like at the Montclair Lounge. Is that it, Laura? In <laughs> Atlanta? Uh, the Claremont. Claremont. My Claremont. apologies. Yeah. I, d- it is, I did go uh, there once without Laura, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I wish I could have been there to see you um, watch that lady <laughs> light her titties on fire. Did you see the one who would crush Coke cans between her titties? I think so. I think yeah. so. And they're all older women, which is fine for mm-hmm. me, especially. Uh, but there was like one younger girl there. I was like, oh, man, she's going to be here for like decades. <laughs> uh, you know, that's my one and only strip club I've been to ever. Wow. I love I love that for you. Yeah, right. Pretty special. 
And just wanted to pick up on this one line. My heart was absolutely pounding the entire time. Good on you for putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. It's really hard to do that. And I highly encourage people to do that in lots of different scenarios, like trying to meet new people for the first time. Like I mentioned these uh, BFF friends last week, Bumble BFF friends. And it was an uncomfortable position meeting strangers who I only started talking to a week ago with the goal of making good local friends. But it, there's always that reward at the end of it. You feel good. You feel like you accomplished something and it, it leads to great things. So was your heart pounding the entire time you had your titties out in front of them? <laughs> I don't think they would have seen me again if I showed up with my titties out <laughs> and I would have gotten kicked out of the restaurant. Oh, sidebar. I'm walking out of the restaurant. And one of the employees says to me, who do people say you normally look like? And I told him uh, that comedian, John Mulaney. People say I sound like John Mulaney. What's the deal? And uh, he was like, oh, okay, because I think you look just like Nicolas Cage. I'm like, oh. What? Um, no, you don't. Thanks. You don't look like Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I know. No, He's you old. Don't. Well, not even like a young Nicolas Cage. <laughs> no. That person needs a, their eyes Isn't checked. Isn't that weird? That I was a weird. little offended. Mm-hmm. That person must have been drunk. <laughs> he was an employee. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe he was looking for an extra tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so flattered. You think I look like Nick Cage? <laughs> oh, well. Wow. Um, well, by the way, what was the site where we could broadcast a message in the middle oh, of nowhere? Remember we did that oh, once? Oh, yeah. You could yeah. like scream off a cliff or something. At the end of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I shot boudoir photos and it would go like it would play in like Iceland or something. And then I think you could watch a clip back of it yeah. playing. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Well, maybe we should invent one. Like we just buy like a plot of empty yeah. land in like Nebraska, set up a speaker, a camera, charge people five bucks, scream. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. The land is going to be cheap because we're buying it in the middle of nowhere. That's That's a feature, not a bug. (laughs) To fund that project, we are going to take a quick ad break. So we will be right back after these messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, well, if you heard no ads, then um, this project is not going to be taking off, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll see if we can fund it via Patreon. <laughs> but if you heard ads, maybe there's a shot. 30% of you probably did. All right. Well, moving on, we have another confessional here. This writer says, uh, I'm cis female in my mid-20s, and I've semi-recently started dating a great guy. This is my first time being in a relationship Overall, there's been so many green flags, and I'm really grateful. Here's the thing. He said, I love you after four weeks. I told him I wasn't ready to say it yet, and he seemed totally okay with that. In the weeks since, he's continued to say it and continued to insist that he doesn't want me to say it until I'm ready. And honestly, I'm feeling pretty chill about all this. For context, we've spent a ton of time together, met each other's friends, and been physically intimate minus actually having sex. But I know that most people would consider someone saying I love you so early a big red flag. A quick Google search suggests that three to six months uh, is the minimum. Obviously, you don't know either of us, but I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. One thing I'm stuck on is why exactly is this a red flag? That is, what could it suggest about him that I should be keeping an eye out for? In your experiences, when is it usually healthy for partners to first say, I love you to each other? After a certain length of time? After certain benchmarks have been crossed? I would say no, there's no like X number of days until it's okay. It's going to be purely circumstantial. How fast is the relationship moving? What have you guys been doing? How often have you been hanging out? How long have you been talking outside of hanging out physically? Like there's so many different factors. 
That said, I do think four weeks is kind of soon. I think I would be surprised if I was only hanging out, let's say, three times a week, somebody saying, I love you after a month. I do wonder, I I love that this person who said it said, hey, no rush. It's okay. I do wonder if this person is that I love you is largely or at least like half coming from just loving you in a platonic way. Like, wow, I love this friendship. And maybe it is romantic, too. But maybe what's really driving him right now is the platonic side of it. I think there's like a different way to say that, though. And this is why people should choose their words more carefully, because instead of saying I love you, this person could have said that's one of the things I love most about you. And then that doesn't feel as like big as I love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, And I mean, I think just reading back over this, she does say that she's dating a great guy. She's in a relationship with him. So based on what we have, I don't think it's platonic. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what's driving the I love you. Like, I love us Mm -hmm. hanging out, you know? I would also kind of be curious to know if this is his first real relationship, too, because sometimes I think that that's where, like, the emotional wires get crossed, right? Like, if you're both experiencing this big thing for the first time together, like, think about the first time you thought you fell in love. It's it just, like, it happens so quick, usually because I like how you say you younger. thought you fell in love. Well, you're yeah, just because, like, and listen, you're right. you always think that you're in love and then you're not. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I just love that you threw that in there. Yeah. I, I was thinking more like, like, you know, high school you know, like you think you're in love mm-hmm. when you're a teenager. Sometimes you are, but it's like then you like fall in love when you're an adult. You're like, this feels way different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's different layers they, there for sure. The emailer did say they've already spent a lot, of, a ton of time together was their yeah. words. So correction yeah. for myself. Yeah. I would also just like, I would wonder like, I don't know. I think like red flag sounds so like intense, but I think the reason why people are taking it back because if you do some self-reflecting, then you think, well, like, does this person know me well enough to love me like in four months or am I still keeping things back? Like, have I not? Yeah. yeah, Or four weeks. That's right. Four months Mm -hmm. was, I guess, the wishful thinking. (laughs) (laughs) What Google says. Right. I was going to say about like maybe three or four months at the earliest. So I guess me and Google are. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think how long I've waited. I I really, I don't. I think it's been under four months. I'd say two to three is probably where I landed. Yeah, I think you don't need to worry about boxing yourself or this person into what is quote the right amount of time, because it's just going to be subjective. It's going to be context dependent. And, you know, if if you're really feeling that, there's no harm in saying it. But I do think that it's good that you set the expectation that you're not ready to say it yet because you're just not there yet. And I'm glad that he's OK with it. The only thing that kind of strikes me as a little off is that he keeps saying it kind of like what Pam was talking about there. You could find another way to say it. Because it kind of puts you potentially in an uncomfortable position if you've got somebody saying, oh, I love you. And you're like, great, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you don't really know what right. to what say to Right, what do you to say that. to that? You go, oh. Yeah. You go, oh. You say, I oh. have overwhelming feelings of concern for you. <laughs> Train him like a dog. Like, like every time, every time oh he says it now, just play this clip. Oh. Oh. <laughs> And that'll probably like Laura calling it like ear vomit. She'll uh, it, it'll stop him. But yeah, I think you know, there's no right answer to that. It's just really about what feels right for y'all. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a good problem to have. Yeah, it's better than like uh, you know. I keep saying I love you, and it's been six months, and he's still not saying it back. What what gives? So I guess what I would say is just enjoy this relationship what you have so far it seems like you're very happy in it and when the time is right 
go for it. It's too bad. It, it's putting you in an awkward position, but that's just how it is. Maybe he will learn at one point, like, hey, maybe fall back on all the I love you's for now and mm-hmm. let let the actions do the talking. Invite us to the wedding. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I like how after the confessional about Chrissy, we're now telling this person, hey, invite us to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we just pulled a Chrissy. We're no better than Chrissy. <laughs> so this next email, this person says, let me preface this by saying that I've never been super active on social media. I don't post on Instagram or Facebook very often, and I don't think I have a very big following at all. For reference, I have under 150 Instagram followers. That being said, I do still enjoy using social media. I especially like to post quick snips on Instagram stories, and I do engage with my friends' posts via likes and comments. My limited following never bothered me before because I took a sort of comfort in knowing that I was only interacting with people I actually knew in real life. Therefore, I have never been one to scrutinize my follower list, but recently it came to my attention that someone who I considered to be a good friend in high school unfollowed me on Instagram. I had still been following him and even liking his posts and stories. I was a little off put put by this, even though we haven't interacted in person since high school. I considered us to have been quite close and thought we'd at least stay social through this outlet, but I didn't think too much of it until I couldn't stop thinking about it. Shortly after this, I went through my following list to see if anyone else had unfollowed me while I was still following them, and I was really hurt to see that many old friends and acquaintances had unfollowed me. I totally get that people drift apart and that as we get older, we tend to go go through and narrow our friends and followers on social media, but these people... These were people who I was actually close with. To put it into perspective, one of the people who unfollowed me used to hang out after school at least a few times a month. We'd get each other birthday presents and texts regularly. We went to the same college where, yes, we did drift apart as we had different majors and lived in different areas, but there was never any animosity. I still enjoyed seeing updates from her life, and I assume she enjoyed seeing updates from mine, but I guess in retrospect, I should have sensed something was up when she didn't even like posts from my engagement and wedding recently. Some of the people who unfollowed me also continued to follow other friends of mine who they knew in the exact same capacity and have a similar activity level on social media. They literally unfollowed me specifically. I'm positive that there wasn't a single event or post that happened to make people unfollow me. Like I said, I don't post a lot, and when I do, 9 out of 10 chances I'm posting my dog. I really just feel like I am someone unlikable and annoying that probably did not have the friendships slash relationships with these people that I thought I did. Sorry for the long post, but I really just feel like shit right now. Oh, That's tough. Well, it is yeah. tough. I've been there before when you know notice somebody has unfollowed you, and it does hurt your feelings. It's like, oh, what did I do wrong? I don't even post that much. Why did you even look at my profile to think to unfollow me? But I guess in my case, normally when that happens, it's because of like friends of exes or it's been a really long time. I I also feel like it just takes one therapist to say to the person who ended up unfollowing you, clean up your friend feed. It's better for your life, blah, 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 blah. And they do it just because the therapist says so. I think you should try to keep in mind that there might be a variety of uh, circumstances that aren't personal. It's just I'm shifting how I handle my relationship with social media. My therapist recommended this. My friend recommended this. I only want to... follow people who I'm actively hanging out with. I think there's a variety of factors and it's it's something we have to all deal with in life. Like, have you two noticed somebody unfollows you and does it hurt? Yeah, I've had that happen before. And I, I think similar to what this person is describing, it was someone who we weren't best friends or even terribly close, but we had a good relationship. We were always pretty chummy And I just happened to notice one day when I went to go look at her profile because I knew she'd gotten married and I wondered if she put any pictures up. This was on Facebook. She had unfriended me. And I was like, oh, shit, did I do something? Like, we hadn't even really spoken in a while. 
And so I kind of chalked it up to that. I was like, well, we don't really talk to that much any talk that much anymore. Maybe she just kind of closed, you know, her circles. Maybe she got a job and she's not being as public on social media now. She has kids now. So maybe she's just not as active and doesn't want to post pics of her kids. Like you just never know. There are a million reasons why somebody might have unfollowed you. And sure, I guess it's possible that somebody unfollows you because they don't like you. I guess that's always possible. But uh, I don't think that that would be the case for it sounds like you're feeling like several people unfollowed you for that reason. And I don't think that is probably accurate. I think it's probably just a mixture of life circumstances. It still sucks, though. It still feels bad. It does, because with these individual people, you might still want to share life updates. Like, you might post things knowing certain people are looking, and then you find out they're not looking anymore. It's like, oh, why was I sharing those updates then? Mm. I was just going to say, too, that I I don't know if this helps bring you a little bit of peace, but there is a difference for whatever it's worth between just unfollowing somebody and completely blocking them, especially on Instagram. So the fact that they just decided to unfollow you, but they have no problem with you continuing to keep up with their life, if that's what you decide you want to do. Um, I, I think that like, that's proof that it's not that you're unlikable, you know, or that they have problems with you, because if they did, they would have just blocked you plain blank. Ashley is listening live right now on our Patreon, and she's chiming in. She said, sometimes it's good to remember it might not always necessarily be about you. My husband experienced the loss of his best friend and really retreated from social media and unfollowed a bunch of people that ran in the same friend circle for his own mental health. That's a really good thing to keep in mind. So maybe they're unfollowing you because it's too hard to continue following you for whatever reason. And... Then hopefully you completely understand. I know that would make me feel better. Yeah. Social media is always a highlight reel, and that could be really difficult for us to to watch. And maybe people don't want to watch this highlight reel anymore. And that's understandable because we all yeah. deal with that. Especially if you're like they could it could have also just been an honest mistake. Like you yourself were saying that you don't post too often. And when you do, it's like a dog photo, which there's nothing wrong with that, but like it's possible that when these people unfollowed you, they just thought, oh, like, she's not really using this anymore. I'm just trying to, like, clear up my feed. Um, also, if you, like, change your handle at all, this is how I've definitely accidentally unfollowed people or almost unfollowed people because they change their name. Sometimes if, like, someone gets married, that's, like, a really common thing. But also if they just yeah. decide to, like, change something completely random for whatever reason, like, definitely have done that and don't realize it until you know, the person says like, oh, you know, but I think if it's somebody that like you really, truly care about, and I would encourage you if this is still bothering you to do some soul searching about like, if there's like one or two people that like, you really care to keep having in your life, if like, that's the case, then I would just reach out, you know, and yeah, just try say, to maintain like, those hey, relationships. I'm, like, I miss you or like, it would be nice to catch up. I was thinking about you the other day and like try to rekindle that relationship as an adult, I, I did that the other day, actually, because I was at a um, a restaurant uh, near my hometown and I, I could have sworn I saw my best friend from high school who I have not seen in forever because he's been living God knows where abroad for um, like since he graduated. And I was like, I have not talked to him in like, I don't know, like maybe six years. But like, let me just shoot him a little message on Facebook and be like, was this you Aww. when I was walking out? Because I thought so. And it wasn't. Yeah. But we had a really nice little chat. And, you know, it it was like it felt good to like reach out. And I noticed, too, that like when I went to message him the last time, um, like it it was him who had reached out because like he was like, oh, I like had a dream and you were randomly like in the dream. (laughs) So I needed to come check on you, see if you were okay. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And and yeah, like if there are a few people, a handful of people that you really do miss as a result of this, then you should just reach out and say hi. Yeah, it's it's nice to feel not wanted. It's nice to Be know that of. somebody's thinking of you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah, I totally agree with that. I think this also might be a good moment for you to consider maybe 
I need some new friends in life so I can focus on new current relationships and foster those relationships instead of getting hung up on the old people, the the old friends. And I don't mean that as a criticism. I think we all fall down those traps of forgetting to look for new friends or ma- maintaining the, the the friendships that really matter. So maybe this is just a good moment to start focusing on turning the page, so to speak. And then you form these new relationships. And if there's a next time when somebody from your past unfollows you, it doesn't hurt as much because you're focused on the new people who genuinely care about you and want to double tap those dog photos. Yeah, you want someone who wants to uh, double tap, you know? (laughs) Do you guys... Do you get well? I mean, and Instagram's encouraging that, by the way. Just today, they rolled out this new update where when you like a photo, like a heart kind of like explodes, it like yeah. flies up. I saw that and it scared me. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, it was early in the morning, and I was like, oh, oh my god, the the heart just shot at me. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't it's expecting cute. like some big. Yeah, I know. It just it was like unexpected. It was very cute though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess the the thought is like it'll encourage people to hit like more because you like seeing the heart kind of like fly towards. The, hold yeah. on, let me like a photo right now. See exactly what happens. Yeah, the heart like springs out of the photo where you double tapped the photo and then shoots up. It's cute. I like it. I like it. We need more cute stuff like that happening on social media. Do you guys give people a revenge unfollow when you notice they've unfollowed you? <laughs> I usually do that. Mm. Like I notice somebody from my past has unfollowed me. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and then I do it back. <laughs> it depends on who it is, because sometimes you like yeah. genuinely want to keep up with that person, so it's like, well, cut your losses, right? But the best is when it's somebody that you've been wanting to unfollow anyway, and so then you have a great oh. excuse to unfollow. You're like, oh well, you're not following me anymore. Perfect. That is the best yeah. feeling. It's like, thank God I'm free. Like we don't from have to pretend prison. anymore. We just can like <laughs> go our separate ways. It's great. We both we both hate each other. This is awesome. Yeah. See you in hell, bitch. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see you sign off. <laughs> see you in hell, bitch. Add that to Instagram when you unfollow flashes. See you in hell, bitch. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't I can't remember. The last time that I went out proactively looking to see if somebody unfollowed me, to be honest with you. Sniffing them out. But I mean, I think if I did and what I've done in the past is if I noticed somebody unfollowed me, I would wait because I don't want them to know that I reacted by unfollowing them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like keeping track. Playing the long game. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, you know, I I go for the apathetic approach. Follow me or don't. I don't care. (laughs) See what I care. Take me as I am. That's why you're the coolest one on this panel. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I don't know about that. I'm like curling up in the fetal position to cope (laughs) with learning that somebody's unfollowed me. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been fun. Thanks, everybody, for all the feedback. It's been wonderful reading and discussing and hopefully helping you as uh, after you submit these emails. Coming up in After Dark today, Pam, could you tell us what what's on tap? Yeah, we're going to be talking about TMZ and their habit for always being the first to break news, for better or worse. And... We're just going to like dive into the ethics of that and what comes with breaking news and um, getting exclusives. Patreon.com slash millennial is where you can pledge. And then you can get our bonus audio content through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any podcast app that you use, you should be able to get our audio content through. And the reason we call that out is because then you can enjoy all of our bonus content just like you do regular millennial. And then of course, if you pledge at the $5 level or higher, you get access to Mega Millennial, which is the main show, ad-free with After Dark attached at the end. So you get all of our best stuff each week wrapped up in one convenient file to listen to. There's lots of other benefits too, just scratching the surface right now. Check it all out at patreon.com slash millennial. Thanks everybody. Time for some recommendations. What do you got, Laura? Um, So I have a recommendation for a hotel. Well, not something that I recommend super frequently, but uh, the TWA Hotel in New York is very cool. It is um, 
the former TWA terminal at JFK Airport um, because that airline obviously, you know, went out of business or was absorbed or something in like 2001. Um, They weren't using it anymore, but that building was actually on the historical registry, so they couldn't tear it down. So they basically repurposed it to be a TWA-themed hotel, and they really leaned into the retro aesthetic of like the 60s, which was kind of TWA's, you know, I think main era that it's remembered for. So the soundtrack they're playing 24 hours a day is all like retro music. Um, They've got a couple of restaurants in there that have retro themes. There's a history of flight museum in there. They have those old school um, uh, flight boards, the ones that had the little flippers on them instead of the digital ones that we have now that show what gate you're at. Um, So it's, really cool. Um, We ended up staying there because we were in the area for a wedding and that just so happened to be where, um, you know, the block of rooms was available (laughs) for us to join in. Um, And it was it was actually pretty cool. I thought it was interesting. So if you ever find yourself at JFK and you have a layover or something, it might be worth checking this out. I'm looking at photos. It's beautiful. And I yeah. think some TV shows and movies use it to film some like scenes in the 60s. I think I saw it on I'm Marvelous sure. Mrs. Maisel or something. I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. yeah if they, they had yeah. used that for that. Yeah. I want to recommend Pluto TV. This is basically a free mega TV network. But what's so interesting about it is they have hundreds of channels and they're all themed around. They're all dedicated to a certain genre or old school television show. So for example, you can go to the game shows category and you can watch a channel that is only playing Bob Barker era Price is Right episodes nonstop. There are commercials, but they're playing stuff from like the 70s and 80s. And I have loved watching this Bob Barker channel in particular because you're watching, speaking of like old school hotels and whatnot you're watching them give away prizes like some fridge from the 70s or you know a a trip to the twa uh i don't know to new york via twa or something like that and it's also interesting because they clearly had more time to fill um back in the 70s and 80s like there are less commercials so they're just like vamping more and bob barker is making all this small talk with the contestants that you would never see today it's just so interesting to see how it used to be um but price is right jeopardy alex trebek era family feud classic deal or no deal that's just game shows i mean there's all kinds of stuff so again it's free pluto.tv there's an apple tv app there's other apps great just like background television if you need something on and you want to relive like the old days or, you know, just watch some of your faves. I see they have Supermarket Sweep on here. Very excited <laughs> for that. I love that. <laughs> I love Lucy, The Love Boat. And again, these are all separate channels that are just dedicated to these shows. It's nuts. That's really I cool. I love it. How did they get away with that? I know. I guess no, Royal, like. It's all legal, by the way. This isn't Barbie World dot <laughs> Estonia. Barbie, Barbie Estonia. Estonia. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, this is all up and up. Yeah, I guess they just license them. And then, of course, the owners get a cut through the commercials, and as does Pluto TV. So, pretty sweet. Um, I have a sunscreen recommendation, and I remembered that I wanted to bring this up on the show because over the weekend, Andrew shared a feature from the New York Times that was basically talking about how um, the way the FDA regulates sunscreen in America is really outdated. And so when you're buying sunscreens from other parts of the world, their technology is just way better because they don't have to deal with those stupid ancient FDA rules. So I wanted to recommend specifically the Beauty of Chosen sunscreen. I think I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but the spelling will be in the show notes as well. This is one of the best sunscreens I've ever tried. It feels like you're putting on a moisturizer. There's no white cast. It's super light and it goes on under makeup so well. 50 SPF, which is 
great for me because I burn really badly. And then it has like a lot of other good stuff for your skin in there, like rice probiotics to help with moisturizing and stuff like that. So um, I also learned in this article that AOC is a big fan of the sunscreen. So if you want to get this before she sells it out, I would do that. And it's under 20 bucks which is great. You'll have to order it online unless you have a Korean beauty store in your city. Um, So I always just like go into San Francisco and pick it up because they have a couple of Korean beauty stores over there. But yeah, super good. Highly recommend. Good to know. Couple of reminders before we wrap up. Make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we would appreciate a review. You can contact us by writing to millennialshow at gmail.com or by using the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and threads. And then over on TikTok, we're Millennial Pod. After Dark starts in a moment for patrons and Apple Podcast subscribers. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.